Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Saturday. Oh, do we have a show for you. We're going to spend the whole day with the noted historian, Craig Shirley. He's got some thoughts about the Biden presidency, how it ranks, what its parallels are to the Carter presidency of the 1970s, and so much more, including some really stunning thoughts about the idea that Marjorie Taylor Greene floated earlier this week about dividing America into two. You're going to be surprised with what Craig Shirley has to think about that idea. Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a great show today. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Since the State of the Union, we've been talking so much about Joe Biden, his rhetoric versus his performance, and the parallels that a lot of people see to the Carter presidency with the Biden presidency. There's no better person to put all this into perspective than the great author, the great conservative thought leader, and the great historian, Craig Shirley. He joins us right now. Craig, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, John, very, very much. We enjoyed you so much on President's Day. I enjoyed doing it. People were talking about that interview all day Monday, all day Tuesday. You're on to something. And I think people are beginning to realize how historic the Biden presidency is. And I'm not talking about historic in a good sense. You've got a brand new column that I think knocks it out of the park. I've heard a lot of people think about this, that Biden's legacy may be the creation of the new Malai, sort of the Jimmy Carter moment that we all remember from 79 and 80. Tell us a little bit about what you see from a historical perspective with Joe Biden. Well, uh, in Jimmy Carter's defense, Joe Biden is a far worse president than uh, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was well-intentioned. When he came to Washington, he came. He was he was pro-life. Uh, he was tough on the Soviets, tougher than uh, Gerald Ford was. Uh, wanted to recognize Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great uh, Soviet dissident and author of the Gulag Archipelago, uh, when when Gerald Ford uh, wouldn't recognize him. Uh, Jimmy Carter actually ran to uh, Ford's right on a number of issues in 1976. Uh, unfortunately, like many politicians, once he got to Washington, he got his head turned and then grew government uh, and turned away from uh, those issues, which uh, actually got him the election. But he still, uh, I think, is, 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 reckon- is, is important in the context of history for a number of things. One is he introduced the concept of human rights into the international political debate. We had never discussed really human rights before uh, Carter's presidency. Before that, international uh, diplomacy was always about land masses and national borders and things like that. But uh, Carter put a face on it, and he did so. And in so doing, he embarrassed the Soviets because the Soviets, of course, was, was, they were running at full steam. They had psychiatric hospitals. They had gulags. They had, they had we don't know how many thousands or millions of people they had uh, uh, in, the, in those institutions, plus just people behind the Iron Curtain who were in prison in the Soviet Union or, the, uh, or, or its uh, client republics. Uh, but, the, but he put sunlight on it for the first time, uh, really since, uh, since John Kennedy's one speech at the uh, Berlin Wall. Uh, but the other thing was uh, he, he produced was the durable... Camp David Accords, which of course uh, produced uh, the uh, the uh, peace treaty between Israel and uh, Egypt, which is still in force today. So he 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 wasn't a, he had an uneven presidency. Uh, he, he had a lot of failures domestically, but he had a lot of uh, things. Uh, and also, he was a tougher 
anti-communist than people recognize. He, he, um, uh, one thing he did was he, he ordered uh, Radio Free Europe to, to tur- turn up the uh, volume, to turn up their megawatts, to turn up their, uh, their power and, uh, over, override the, uh, Soviet jamming, uh, of the, uh, broadcast. And then he also had thousands of copies of, of Sozanit's book, uh, The Gulag, uh, secreted behind the, uh, Iron Curtain and, and distributed through the, uh, Soviet republics and into the Soviet Union. So he was, in some ways, uh, tougher on the Soviets than, uh, he's generally recognized as being. Um, and of course he had a, a marvelous, uh, second act. You know, Fitzgerald said there were no second acts in America. Jimmy <laughs> Carter had a great second act. He sure act. did. You yeah. know, and he set the model, really. The only other president that I can think of who did as much in his post-presidency was Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover, uh, organized a lot of, uh, food, uh, aid programs for, uh, many of the war-torn, uh, countries after World War II. Did a lot of uh, organizing of food, and of course he was chairman of the Hoover Commission during the Eisenhower administration. So Hoover worked overtime to try to repair his uh, reputation. Uh, so he was he, he was not that great of a president. In fact, he was a very bad president, but he was a very good ex-president. Same thing with uh, Carter. Uh, Carter's work with Habitat for Humanity and other uh, charitable works is that w- will always go down in history as uh, as something to admire. Um, Joe Biden has none of those qualities. I mean, Jimmy Carter was um, was not a bad man. Joe Biden is a bad man. Uh, J- Joe Biden does not have the character that, uh, that Jimmy Carter had. Jimmy Carter, you know, was an Annapolis grad, um, worked for Hyman Rickover. Uh, uh, you know, and he, he has a he has a, a life of achievement that, to look back and be proud of, whether it's governor of Georgia and the state senate or president of the United States, foreign president, you know, a lot of Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, he has a lot of things to, to look back as. He, he's going to pass away, I think, a very contented man, and I think his family is, is very proud of him. And I think as Americans, we can be take a certain measure of uh, Carter's presidency and especially his post-presidency and be very proud. With Biden, there is none of that. There, we, we, I never hear anybody say that they're proud of uh, Biden as a president. I remember when Reagan was president, when I was working for him, John. And, you know, my wife and I were in the Washington in the 80s. We were both working for Reagan. It was a halcyon time. Uh, and and we, we were actually, we, we were proud uh, that this man was in the White House. And we knew people who said that they were proud that this man was in the, that Reagan was in the White House. Uh, there was never any embarrassment uh, by uh, the by Reagan administration, that people, for the most who went to work for him were were true blue. They were good, honest, decent, especially the speechwriters and uh, political people, things like that. Uh, Ed Rollins and uh, Frank Donatelli and some others uh, were really just noble people. Uh, there's nothing like that in the Biden administration. There's nothing noble about it. There's nothing endearing about it. There's nothing he's doing except bad things that are going that is going to be memorable about him. Uh, is that his presidency so far? I just wrote that column yesterday you referred to, referred to uh, in which I, I pronounced Biden to be our worst president in American history because he he has ill intent. He has bad character. Uh, he enjoys, and I'm going on too long, John. I apologize, but I, I don't. I, I 
he he doesn't uh you know he's he's gallivanting around Europe when the people in Ohio are suffering and I think that's you know people's evidence number one uh is that people are hurting and suffering in Ohio and he as president has the power to do something about them help them and yet he's doing nothing because well first of all Ohio is a republican state uh, and second of all, is that I don't think he really cares about that stuff. He doesn't care about that. He likes just, you know, go to photo ops and fake photo ops, like with air rain sirens, which I thought was ridiculous, by the way. Uh, is the air rain sirens go off? It was obviously staged. Nobody, nobody, look at the camera shot. Nobody in that camera shot looked overhead to see planes, to see planes that they're attacking. That was all staged for the benefit of the media, uh, who, some media, you know, uh, I saw uh, uh, one one media type lap it up, but most people refer regard it as a joke. It's kind of emblematic of the uh, Biden administration, which is a joke, a dangerous joke. It is. It, the entire response to Ohio is so perplexing. It isn't until Donald Trump says he's going that the Biden administration really kicks in anything. But yeah, absolutely. Even after that, you know, when he realized, all right, they got outplayed by a former president, he's going to show more compassion. We can up our game. And Buttigieg has this incredible moment. He announces he's finally showing up three weeks after the disaster. And a reporter says, can you talk about it? He's like, I have my personal time. I need my me time right now. I can't talk to you. <laughs> when did cabinet secretaries get me time when there was a crisis on their watch? It's always me time. He took two months off to uh, to adopt a baby. In the middle of an airline crisis. <laughs> In the middle of an airline crisis. He's had nothing but one transportation crisis after another. He will go down in history as one of the worst campaign, one of the worst cabinet secretaries in American history. And, uh, you know, and it goes to show that, you know, what we both know is you don't pick people to work for you because of what they are. You pick them because of who they are. You don't pick them because they're gay or they're black or they're Hispanic or because they're cross-dressers or anything else. You pick the most competent people. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable and one that I don't think people will be will forget. I mean, we're probably having another tough weekend of airline cancellations with the winter storm. But some of the things we just always assume we'd be able to do. If there's a train disaster, we're going to get FEMA and the people up there. We're going to make a disaster declaration. Doesn't happen on Joe Biden. We always have been able to get our flights generally on time and no get through a winter storm, no problem. A week or 10 day has to pass before we get the airlines back on. Uh, we can't even handle a baby shortage formula without having parents scrambling for any last food they can find. Competency seems to I be. don't know if we call it kitsma or karma uh, or, or what, but there is something to the national mood, which is very bad. And I tried to address that in my column today is that the, the national mood is terrible. The national mood is, is worse than 1979 when Carter gave his uh, notorious uh, Malay speech. Uh, which ironically gave, boosted him for a couple of days until he fired half his cabin and then he, and he sunk in the polls. Uh, it, it, it's not as bad as Biden's Nuremberg speech, uh, where he denounced half of Americans, half of the American population. Uh, uh, Biden, that will stand as the singularly worst speech in American presidential history. The national mood, I can't remember. Uh, even, you know, it's funny, I, I've talked to my mother and before that, my grandmothers, before they passed away, about growing up in the Depression. And even though the times were tough and things were scarce, I, my mother 
uh, slept in a bed when she was a little girl, slept in a bed with her parents and her two brothers slept on the floor. They, they lived in one room. My grandmother cooked on a hot plate, um, for uh, turkey one year, they had peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, we, my, my, one of my uncles for Christmas during the Depression got an orange. That's what he got for Christmas present. Uh, but and yet, and yet they were optimistic. They were upbeat. I mean, they they knew it wasn't going to last forever. They or they believed that it was, the Great Great Depression was not going to last forever. And that's been something enlivening about America for 250 years is the spirit of America. To to beat the British, to uh, to win the Civil War, uh, to, to beat the the the, the, uh, the Huns in World War One, to beat the Germans and the Japanese in World War Two, to beat the Soviets in the Cold War, to win the space race, is that we've always had a sense of you know either manifest destiny or opening up to the West or, or some something that enlivened us and and uh, and and, uh, and gave us hope and spirit and uh, happiness. We have none of that today. There's, there's nothing, you know, uh, even, even, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, pandemic could have been something to unify the country, but Biden failed at that. And now we find out this morning, of course, that I saw on Fox News that all the uh, jabs that we got were worthless, that they did nothing to, uh, halt the uh, pandemic. So once again, a falsehood spread by government and corporations, which reminds me of an old, uh, reminds me of an old, uh, joke. Uh, that uh, about uh, the, about the uh, the good news is about the elf- when the elephants are fighting, the mice are at risk. But then when the elephants are making love, the mice aren't much safer. <laughs> and you've got big corporations in league with big government, and we the mice aren't safe. No, we're not. We're getting stomped on. Our free speech and all of our rights are clearly being stomped on. All right, folks, we're going to dip out for a quick second, take a quick commercial break when we come back more of our interview with Craig Shirley right after this commercial break. Folks, you must start taking care of your liver now more than ever. Why? Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty livers were 3.5 times more likely to have a heart failure than those without. That's a big discrepancy. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. That's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions every day. It's time for you to help your liver. Now there's a solution, Liver Health Formula, an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Now that's important. Manufactured right here in the US of A and approved by American doctors. You can try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. Go do it. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash just news. Let me give you that again. Getliverhelp.com slash just news and claim your five free bonus gifts. One more time, go to getliverhelp.com slash just news. Do something for your liver. It's been taking care of you for a long time. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. More of our interview with Craig Shirley. A growing number of Americans have unease about where our relationship with China is going to go. And this includes Democrats. That's why so many Democrats have crossed over on the early House votes on China. But Joe Biden looked in the camera at the start of his presidential run in 2020 and said, they are not the enemy. They are not evil. They're not even our competition. We can eat their lunch. He was wrong on every single. How does a president get that far off when all the intelligence was telling him at the time, this is a significant competitive threat for America, for supremacy in the world. How does a president do that? And how does he three years later not really pay a price for being that far wrong? Well, I think the, the easy uh, response would be to say that he's dumb. Uh, I think it's it's more than that. He's not only dumb, but he's also, he and his family are in business uh, with China. Uh, they've, they've made millions of dollars. You know, the Chinese have given millions of dollars to uh, to uh, the, the Biden Center Convention. <laughs> It reminds me the Biden, you know, center at uh, at uh, what University yeah, of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, right? You know, and, and I, you know, I, it got me thinking about the Biden presidential library, uh, like the Reagan presidential library, the or the JFK library. But the Biden library is probably just going to be a bookmobile. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it'll be all foreign books, I'm sure. Yeah, so. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> all foreign in, in Chinese. In Chinese. Yeah. Well, we had the, there might be some Ukrainian ones, too. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We don't have all the answers yet, but the, the, the uh, evidence is leading toward business relations between the Biden family and the communist Chinese government. And by the way, if you are communist, you are enemy. If you are, if you're, you're red China, you are enemy. In, in, ideologically, economically, militarily, in every, in every, at every level, you are our enemy. Yeah. And it didn't take a rocket scientist to understand that. We've just seen the evidence, right? We've seen it for years before the president even became president. The, the admirals that led the Pacific fleet, the intelligence community gave open source testimony showing the threat, showing the gains China's made. And this guy sits up there and looks into the camera, basically ignoring everything that they have said. Uh, and, and now Americans are wondering, hey, are we headed towards a World War Three? Is China, Russia, and Iran all pushed together? That's one of the foreign policy <laughs> accomplishments, and I use that with quotes around it, that this president seems to have achieved. Somehow he took three disparate enemies and, and merged them into a super enemy. They're all working more closer. She's meeting with Putin. She's get, doing deals with Iran. And they're working against us. And don't forget, in there, you got to factor in terrorism, too. Yep. 
Yeah. The political arm of, of our enemies. Yeah, that's the scary part. The idea that these three disparate enemies now are working as one is really, that's only occurred on the Biden watch. They, that was not the case when Donald Trump was president. Quite frankly, wasn't the case when Barack Obama was president. Joe Biden has singularly been able to do that. And it seems like the world's been realigned in a very perilous way. You were such an important part of the Reagan years. And everybody remembers oh, I was I was a munchkin. Well, I assure you. Well, you played a role, and you have such a way great of channeling Reagan too. But the great campaigns in American history always had a fundamental question that they asked that Americans could answer in an affirmative way. In eighty, Reagan was, "Are you better off than you were four years ago?" The answer was overwhelmingly no, and he wins in a big way. And in nineteen eighty four, it's, "Hey, the best of us is still ahead of us. We're still only mourning in America. We're going to get better and better from here." What's the question? Yeah, Reagan once famously said, we're not getting older and and tired. We're getting younger and stronger. Yeah, exactly. And he had to think about it. Oh, I understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had that ability to tap into the back of an idea that was sitting in the back of your brain and that you could convert to the front of your brain once you heard what he said. What is the question that voters are going to ask themselves when they go into 2024? A lot of people say it's an existential question this time. What do you think that question is for voters in 2024? Well, I know what I, I don't know what other people. I know what I'm going to be thinking. I'm going to be honestly thinking is America going to exist in 20 years from now? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, most republics fail in their third century. Uh, and we all evidence points to America falling apart. And I think that actually that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has opened up an interesting discussion about a national divorce. I think that, you know, it's happened before in our history and we're foolish to think it won't happen again, that uh, that the American Republic, you know, in the next it's hard to imagine now. But 20 years from now, 30 years from now, is that will it be that hard to imagine America breaking up into two separate republics and, you know, basically sane America and insane America. Uh, and you have New England and New York and, and uh, New Jersey and the West Coast as one part, part of one country and Idaho and the South and uh, Tennessee, uh, Ohio as part of another country. And there'll be trade agreements and there'll be mutual defense agreements and things like that. But we're, we're, we're completely balkanized now. Uh, you look at everything, whether, whether it's food or what we watch, what we read, what we listen to. There's nothing that unifies us anymore as a nation. You know, like I said, mentioned before about the space race or manifest destiny or any of those other things. There's nothing that unifies us. Um, our language, you know, we speak with many different languages now. Uh, in every way, we're, 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 we're slowly breaking up as a nation. Not that we've ever really been unified anyway, but it's getting worse. The only time we were ever really unified, uh, was on the afternoon of December 7th, 1941, and then we were for a couple of years. And then, uh, and then the afternoon of 9-11, but that only lasted a couple of months. Uh, that, you know, I mean, Bush, foolishly said, oh, go shopping. You want to help America go shopping? You know, he could have called for a national blood drive or something to unify Americans, but he didn't have the vision. He just didn't have the vision that, that an FTR or a Reagan would have. Yeah, a big stage and a small moment sometimes, and those are the moments when we 
often look back and say we missed a great chance. When you look out over the next few months, there's going to be some really significant moments. Will the Georgia prosecutors indict anyone around Trump or Trump himself? Will the prosecutor in the federal case, Jack Smith, will he bring some indictments? All of these are moments where either division can be grown or maybe larger divisions ahead of us or moments where we we find some moment of common sense and try to heal some of the bonds. Which hand do you think Democrats play, given what we've seen over the last six months? Oh, the Democrats will play the worst hand. The Democrats will play the worst hand because that's their instinct is to, is to do to do bad things to their to their political opponents. Uh, they, they don't want to work with Republicans. They want to destroy them. They want to send them off to uh, re-education camps or to gulags. That's a, they, they, if you ask uh, AO, AOC in her heart of hearts what she would like to do to a conservative, she would like to send him uh, to a re-education camp because she is committed. She's committed communist or collectivist anyway. Kind of like what Canada's threatening to do with Jordan Peterson. I mean, it's just amazing. Just to the north of us. Yeah. First of all, I think that Georgia, based on that little girl, uh, her, her media tour. <laughs> I mean, she is kind of a metaphor for the Democratic Party, which is shallow, shrill, and giggly, and and and, and not very bright. Uh, is that uh, I think the Georgia grand jury is going to be just. I mean, if I was the if I was Trump's attorney, I'd move to have it all di- uh, you know dissolved anyway because it's been it's been it's been uh, you know uh, not polluted, but it's been tainted by her nonsensical performance. Uh, I, I think that it's very likely that uh, we'll see that happen. And of course, you know, she had her, I won't say 15 minutes of fame, but she had her five minutes of fame. Then she'll fade away, you know, go back to working at IHOP or something. <laughs> yeah, it was extraordinary. The idea, I mean, our whole justice system has rested on the idea that grand jury proceedings remain secret. And if you don't indict, you don't, you aren't allowed to go and incite afterwards. And she violated every premise of that concept. I, I want to ask the last question because the divisions that we've talked about, which I think you so powerfully have captured in, in your column and the TV appearance we had last week, they play right into the hands of the KGB playbook and the Chinese long game playbook. China and Russia wanted America to be divided because divided, it knew the house would fall. It seems as though the Democrats with their CRT, with their ESG and all of the different radical ideologies that they've been trying to impose in America, they're playing into two of our foreign enemies' worst plans for us. Do you think voters will begin to wake up to that, that maybe the Democratic Party has aligned itself, in, uh, maybe even unintentionally, but somehow with our worst enemies? John, I wish I could say yes. Uh, and I hate to be, you know, uh, uh, be a downer, uh, but I'm not sanguine about the future. I, I, I just think that uh, there's too many wrong things in America. We've got bad uh, education. We've got bad University system. We got a bad edu- edu- uh, entertainment system. We, you know, David McCullough uh, said that we're now under our third generation of historically illiterate Americans, and uh, you got you got people in America. I think they're confusing social media with socialism, but even so, is that you got a big plurality of people who said they prefer socialism to the free market. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, I don't. Yeah, I know. It's astonishing. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I still, I wonder how much uh, those people are confusing social media with socialism. Uh, <laughs> well, they both have censorship, so there's something there. Yeah, that's true. Said. That's true. That's, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, 
I'm not saying, when, like I said, about the future. There's just too many bad things. There's, there's not enough unity. Um, there's not enough uh, at one level. Um, now, having said that, let me just say is that this notion that we've always been unified as a country is, is nonsense. Historians will tell you that there was no polling, obviously, during the American Revolution, but historians will tell you that maybe 30, 35, 40 percent of Americans supported the British crown over George Washington and the Continental Congress. They, they, and as a matter of fact, after the war, something like 100,000 people left the United States because they did not want to live under uh, uh, Republican rule. Uh, they, 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 they went to uh, French Guiana, they went back to Europe, they went to uh, wherever, but they left the United 100,000 people, that was a big chunk out of a nation of maybe 35 million people. Uh, the Civil the War of 1812 was, uh, was uh, we were very divided during the War of 1812. Uh, the, the, the Civil War was about our very divisions. The Civil War was about our very divisions. World War, World War One. it took three weeks and I don't know, 30, 40 members of Congress have voted against our entry into uh, World War I. Uh, it, 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 we were divided over Vietnam. We were divided over the, the environment. We were divided over so many things, uh, it, it, so many more things than we're united over. Uh, so I think we're headed down a wrong path. Uh, I'm not sure that unity. I haven't. I haven't decided, John, if unity is all that cracked up to be what all that cracked up to be what what it is. Um, but but uh, I do think uh, that it is it is inevitable that 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 in the next 20 years we the United States is going to separate. It's going to be like I said before. It's going to separate into two separate nations, and we'll have you know. Travel permits and national agree, you know, uh, trade agreements and things like that. But uh, I don't, I, I don't foresee uh, happy times ahead for the United States. We don't have, we don't have the political leadership capable of leading a single country. Uh, Joe Biden is not capable of, of leading, you know, the, the work shift at McDonald's less than the United States. Yeah, no, you're right. And you're right about unity. We didn't always have unity. I mean, anyone who wants to understand the incredible, passionate differences we had only needs to go look at the John Adams, Thomas Jefferson feuds to understand that we always had. But Perfect at the end, example. Perfect. But we had that desire. We had that desire that we were going to be a singular nation. We agree to disagree, but we all agree that the American experience at some point was worth it. And now when we step back now, there's no we in that. And I always use the looking glass a measure. This is one of my favorite things to look at. When I talk to foreign leaders, to a person, they say, John, the one thing we can't understand about the America of the last 20 years is your education system has been turning out people to hate your country. Why are you doing that? I don't have an answer for that. But the education system seems to have fostered a lot of the division and maybe a lack of historical understanding and civic understanding about America. Will we look back and look at a generation of educators and say they deserved our young population? Yes. Yes, yes. And, and by the way, it's not by accident. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's, it is to foster uh, the subjugation of the United States or to foster the dissolution of the United States or to foster uh, discord in the United States. It's not, you know, it's uh, nothing good is, is coming from what they've done to our public education. The only alternative we have as parents or grandparents <laughs> is uh, private school or homeschooling or parochial school. 
my little granddaughter, my, my sweet little granddaughter, she's two now. When she reaches, she's never going to public school in America. Never, never. If I, if I have to live on grass for the rest of my life, I'm going to make sure she goes <laughs> to a private parochial school. Uh, unfortunately, we've got one just down the road from us. But I, never, never, next step one foot ever into public school. And then when she goes to college, it's going to be someplace like Hillsdale or Grove City or something like that. But the UVA, UVA, no, no. I mean, they're they're tearing down the very founder of of, of UVA, Thomas Jefferson. Right, they are. It's just it's remarkable. It it is remarkable. Craig Shirley, you are a joy to speak with. I could spend all day talking with you. You are truly one of the most enlightened historians and honest brokers of the truth in America. It's such a great honor to have you on the show today. I know we're going to do this again soon because I can't go too long without talking to you. It's such a great, great honor to have you on. Thank you so much. And I, I, likewise, I enjoyed talking with you as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, my friend. We'll, we'll catch up real soon. Okay, have a good day. You too. We're going to take a quick commercial break, folks. We'll be right back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's hard to believe, but that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I'm really grateful that each of you could join today. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Just the News? And the answer is we sure do. And not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store. It's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP club? First off, ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. 
an ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7. Plus, once a month, you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, $44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right. Have a great night. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.